There's no point messing about this week on the native immigrants. Quite simply, we're discussing the greatest South Asian dishes ever. This one's going to be a long one, slightly controversial, but extremely tasty. Oh yeah, and make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. And while you're there, follow us on Twitter at Native Immigrants with a single M and on Instagram at The Native Immigrants Podcast. The Native Immigrants are in the building. Hit the music. Salutations and welcome to another episode of the Native Immigrants. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hello. I am Gas Fam. Why are you Gas for? All right, so people who know me uh, personally, that is, know that I collect uh, vintage wrestling memorabilia. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah, to much to your chagrin. Um, but I have won, in the last few weeks... I've won three or four raffles for some incredibly valuable items. And just today, I've in the last couple of hours, I've won yet another thing. And so there was old Hasbro line, basically, of the old WWF figures. And this was like the, the last line, Series 11, the green series, was the most valuable. And I've just won one of those on card, mint on card. And I must have spent like £8 on the raffle. And the figure's worth 250 quid. So I am right now on cloud nine, fam. I'm very happy for you. If you could have, instead of entering that raffle, put on the lottery, mm. then maybe that luck would have come in much more useful for all of us. I mean, like, money's not like the answer to all... Our problems be, well if saying, i had a job you, then i would be like yeah of course it's not you know we're all right i don't have a job so you just you know need to use your luck for the lottery or the universe needs to give me some sort of luck so that i can get a job well you know i like to think that this luck is something that is our whole family you know it's something that encompasses Look, yeah, our these, entire these, life these toys on card are not for me or for <laughs> our child right they're toys for you to play with or look at or whatever the fuck you do with them i can't wait they're to break not, them open and play with my girl honestly not, when he's of age just i'm just waiting for the day he turns you're say, gonna, five so this, years old this mint not that one, not that one. Thing. other ones the ones that are out now and stuff so we can both play together i'm looking forward to those days okay so if you're telling me about luck, I am a lucky man because I've got the most amazing family in the whole world. <laughs> Is the diplomatic answer to all those questions. He just um, doesn't want me to throw them all in the bin, that's all. No, you know, I cherish these things. I cherish our moments together. So that is luck. I am a lucky man. <laughs> you're so full of shit. my face, fam. <laughs> People don't have it this lucky, you know. Mine's just struggling for this kind of luck that I've already got on, on a plate right now. Oh, God. 
the love of a beautiful woman. <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight <laughs> face. He's got such that, a massive, like, not, kind of comedy face on. There's no comedy face, because, fam. Because he can't say it with a straight face. Okay, wait, 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 let me try. Okay, shut up, shut up. Let me try, let me try, let me try. Let me try. <laughs> Look at my face right now and okay. tell me it. No, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Shush, shush. Love of a beautiful woman. The last time you called me beautiful was on our wedding day. No. I, I looked at a picture of you the other day and said, oh my God, you look so beautiful back at our wedding day. And I said it just the other day. <laughs> and I turned no, into okay. the makeup on and didn't look like me. Is no, Jojo B is a very beautiful woman. Okay. <laughs> no, I do not. Don't lie. The thing is, you I can't. You can't expect me to say it, and then you crack up and expect me to just keep it like straight faced afterwards. Mm -hmm. Joja B is a very beautiful lady. You gotta say it while looking at me, because at the moment, <laughs> standard <laughs> yeah, podcast look of hair right. scraped back and glasses on. I mean, if I if I can say that in your worst days, <laughs> of which there have been many this year. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, then I'm obviously going to say your best as well, no, fam. Oh dear! You know. you know, this week there was a no bra day. Okay, literally just every national day no now that I don't day. have to go out of the house. Big up national. <laughs> no yeah, all year is a national no bra day. This um, year, yeah, for many women because we only men. wear them and like, and they're really restrictive and painful, and like most of the time. And I know, like, oh, if you fitted properly, then it doesn't hurt. But, you know, being trussed up all day mm. is not comfortable. And so now that we're all at home, many of us are just like, let them swing free. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, it's it's uh, erect nipples all round, especially at this time of year. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, it's, 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 we're not living in an age now where anyone kind of cares so much when you're indoors. You know, just let it roam free, man. Do you know what I mean? This is this is what this time take advantage of this time period is what I'm saying. I am taking advantage so of stop it. Stop complaining about it. I'm not complaining about anything other than the We're fact. We're lucky people. I know. We're I a know. very lucky life and a, an do. amazing, beautiful sun as well. We do. We do. Have some to perspective. All of, that, all of that. A job would be great though. A job would be part time awesome, job. Yeah. Part time job is all I want now. Yeah. If there's any any employers out there uh, that have an opportunity for uh, a part time worker, uh, I am. If you want to know what I do in my real life, I mean, this is real life. No, but you know, like my day job, the, like the kind of the government, the government version yeah, of me, exactly. the tax tax version of you. Yeah. Then I am. I work in research. Yes, indeed. And they're not like research that, you know, you've got to be very specific. You're not like standing out there on the street on a... On a no, like not market wainy, research in that sense. As wet in, and I'm rainy day. <laughs> I work... <laughs> wet and rainy day with a clipboard with some questions on it. <laughs> wet and no, rainy. I'm not that. I'm not that person. But um, I am the person who... Uh, this is, sounds so like Chandler where no one cares data what he does. Data <laughs> The one who analyzes the data and then presents that back to the company and says, these are the changes you need to make because this is what the people say. Mm. Um, so yes, that's what I do. Yep. Um, and I'm really quite good at my job. Ex Bro, and I've worked for some toot top horn, notch media and entertainment companies. Also worked in telecoms. Yep. And so <laughs> employ me. Honestly, she's got a, a, a resume uh, that is the envy of everyone. In you know, her like industry. literally no one who could give me a job is listening right now. I know, but you never know, bruv. I'm telling you, the reach that our podcast has, like I was saying the other day, we've got like listeners in South Korea, we've got listeners in India, we've got listeners in like all parts of America. I'll move. Europe. 
Eastern I'll Europe. I'll move. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I don't opportunities mind. are opportunities are everywhere. There's less and less reasons to stay in this country. So, like, come on. No, there is, but there is one very lucky reason. What? Our family, which is the luckiest on this planet. Yes, that's the only reason why I'm still in this country. Yes, um, but uh, even they want to leave, so what? it's fine. I don't want to leave. I'm, I'm right here. No, your mom said to me the other day, she goes, if you leave, then I can come with you. So why don't you go? I know go? what mom's like. Mom's just like, you know, she's like, no, better, you know, go feel free. Feel free to move anywhere in the world. No, I didn't even, but it was I'm her suggestion. You know, but I'll just let you know that the house right next door to it, I'm going to buy that as well. I don't mind. Next to you. I don't mind. She literally, she brought it up. Right. She said to me, you should look in Europe, you know. There's some good jobs in Europe. And tell me about all the people that we know Bruv, I, who've got really good jobs in Europe. It's all and talk. So she's, no, it's and then she was talk. like, and then I'm going to come with you because I'm sick of it here. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she has to live with my dad. So it's kind of like, this is, uh, you know, I can't. You know, hell has to, <laughs> your brother can keep your dad. <laughs> yeah. And I'll take mum <laughs> They can be like to, step and like, I don't know, wherever, amazing, like, I don't Lisbon or somewhere crazy like that. That's mm. somewhere nice that I want to live. Right. Yeah. Me and your mum will go. And so me and me and Bubs will have like you know like have like a no, you men behaving badly kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? Like a place to ourselves. And we're gonna like such a nineties reference. And like yeah, exactly. What's the equivalent of like men behaving badly? Oh, because that's that, the thing. That lad, that lad culture is just yeah. not around anymore. So no. do, like people just don't like get together, like have loads of drinks, read like lads mags. And just like, you know, go out in the town. The and show. lads about the town. Exactly. Yeah, there's, that doesn't really exist. Well, you can't really, literally can't at the moment. But yeah, that, we, like we spoke about in last week's episode about the nightlife culture and how maybe it's a generalization. It's just not a thing across all communities. But they were kind of, they weren't young men. In, no, they were in their like mid mid to late 30s. I yeah, think, you know, that they point. were at that point where like, like our friends are, where they're kind <laughs> yeah, of like yeah. single, but, uh, but you know, like ready to get settled down, but still wanting to be in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. And still, yeah. I'm sure there's still men like that out there. No, of course, no. But they don't make programs about them anymore. They do not. Because they all, the, the, that kind of age group of men now are like into coffee. Well, that kind of I age drink, group. I drink, I drink coffee. Yeah, exactly. Fancy coffee that Fancy comes coffees, through the post. Yes. You know? uh, and grow designer beards. And what they you also described do, your brother. Literally <laughs> described my brother, yeah, actually. Shout out to Ashish Gadvi. He week. makes really good coffee though. I'm sure he does. But that also a grade really of person. Coffee. That grade of person is also really into baking. Uh, which brings us nicely long. <laughs> I love your segue. Well, it's true. You're talking about those kind of those kind of guys now are the kind of people that enter the Great British Bake Off. Yes. You know, most of them now is either like, you know, ladies or like late or older ladies. Mm. Or hipster men. Yes. You know? So, Great British Bake Off just watched it today. Yes. The Great Ethnic Cull Continues fam. Well, yes. Although, so, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah, so stop listening now and just forward on if you don't want to hear this bit. But Sura went. Yep. And she had a bad week. It was a really bad bad week from start to finish mm. she did nothing right and then so what can you do like so yeah. I, as much as i didn't want her to go because it was nice to have some she's iranian we can i think we said that she was asian she's she's obviously still asian because she's, she's asian. From the, yeah from the same continent exactly but she is iranian not south asian not south but yeah it's right um We're all one of the same yes um 
we wanted her to stay. We were championing her. Yeah, no, but exactly. She had a bad week. But it was that you know because it was such a fall from grace for her because I'm she, sure she was like the star baker or in the top two in the first week or so. Star baker, yeah. Um, and and last week she was kind of that you know still pretty decent, still fairly up there. She's she's being good because this is what week. Four, five. This now? is well, this is the fourth track. week. Yeah. yeah, we've already lost Mac. Mac went. So yeah, like that was that was part of the ethnic cult because he did not deserve to go that week. He yeah. might have gone later on. I don't think he would have won it. Yeah, but he didn't deserve to go the week that he went. No, because there was so. someone who was worse who then actually went the week went after the, anyway. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, um, it just wasn't. He wasn't a spectacular baker. He was just like. Okay. Scraping it through, Baker. Exactly, yeah. And there's yeah. loads of scraping through Baker Bakers at the moment, I feel like, on this show. But you know how hard it is to become one of the final 12? It's nuts, yeah. So imagine that he must have like been... like We're talking about the top amateur bakers of the country yeah. currently. So he was amongst that circle. So I think that's a great plaudit in itself. But for Sura, like, I t- it was a pretty bad week. I just felt Lottie, over the course of the last couple of weeks, hasn't really been great. But they have to take it for that week. And Sura had a yeah. much worse week. But then if you look at it that way, then Rahul, who we were really championing, who won it a couple of seasons ago, he had some horrendous weeks in the last few weeks and then ended up winning it. But you can have a horrendous week. But this is what Prue said, you see. You just have to be not the worst. Yeah, I think that's the way to, the way to and, go about it. And Lottie this week was not the worst. She I might have been the felt... second worst, she but was... she wasn't the worst because her cake, her final cake kind of saved her. Yeah. Whereas... With Sura, she was the worst. You didn't even eat that cake because that it was raw, wasn't it? Yeah, inside. exactly. Mm. I mean, like, that's not on. No, no. And so, hence, she has gone and we will miss her because she was a character. Yeah. All the best people got early, I think. Um, so, let's just see. Yeah. Like Who, who's a... your favourite now? <laughs> I don't know what anyone else's <laughs> names are. Um, I, I like um, Irish what? guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I quite like Mark. I quite like, I quite like Mark from you know the, the star baker from last week and stuff. You know, Mark, no, no, Mark was a star baker this week. The Irish one. Is it? Who's the old guy with the daughters? Oh, maybe he's Mark. You, you know, there's you're two racist. Marks. There's two wow. marks. Oh, is there two marks? I think so. I can't. Anyway, yeah. They all, it's you know it is was one of those like I said the last few years of Bake Off and stuff. Gradually, it feels like it's getting worse and worse. Like this this episode, literally. Everyone failed making brownies for fuck's sake. Brownies are difficult. Everyone thinks that brownies are simple. They are not a I, simple I mean, thing. But the thing is, I've very rarely eaten a bad brownie that's been made by like randoms, yourself included. Not that you're a random, but it's like, it's. I feel it's very, one of those things so, that's very, very difficult, very, very difficult to get that wrong the way these guys did. No, but they were looking for a specific consistency and you can overbake it. I've had many, because... Brownies are the on, are only like the gluten-free dessert. That's the only thing that's ever available usually, mm. right? So I've had very many bad brownies. Overbaked, dry, cakey, shit, crumbly ones. Yeah. And then just ones that are basically like raw, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so you kind of, you can get it very wrong on either end of the scale. Mm. Um so yeah, brownies are difficult, I find. I did make some epic brownies a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, very recently, yes indeed. And a good recipe, a yes. really good recipe. Which you'll be sharing on Jojo's Kitchen. I will. Because Jojo's had a bit of a, a strike in confidence uh, recently. Yeah, this week I've known that. I just am like... I think, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like with everything. Like we have it with our podcast where, you know, there's been, I'm telling you, in the last 
year or so, earlier on this year, we were legitimately like actually on the brink of ending this show. Yeah, it was like, what's the point? It was, yeah, it was that point. It was just like, you know, we're we're putting all this hour, hours of, you know, effort and work in um, with, you know, at the time, very little reward, it felt like. Um, and it was like, well, we've got more important things to do with our life, like having a life. Uh, and we're parents now and, you know, time to do this is becoming more and more scarce. And so... It wasn't very well at the beginning of the year, was it? As so well, I, like, yeah. So I, I think... And that's just physical and mental health yeah. as well. And so, you know, between us, we were like, let's just, you know, let's just nail it on its head, basically, and, and be done with it. But... I think from you know the the support of the our listeners and our you know not, and it's not for us calling out for it. I think it just feels like on a week by week basis, you know, people were just you know really you know highlighting how important our show is um, and and something that so many people can really relate to. And I feel like that's what your page is, you know, with with looking at things from a gluten free perspective, but also taking into mind our cultural um you know needs um you know especially when it comes to cooking i think it's very very important and there's loads of people that will be able to rate to it and i think it's very very early doors and so now it's time to build on that foundation you know you, you've, it's you can't just like off the cuff just like become a superstar overnight doing this kind of thing no it's not that i want to be a superstar not a superstar it's just but you that know what i mean? want to have i just want to feel like i'm confident enough to instill confidence in other people yeah yeah because that's what you know, giving recipes or giving cooking advice or any kind of advice on anything really yeah, is about. Yeah, yeah. It's you having confidence in your ability and then being able to instill that in other people. Mm. And I'm feeling not so confident. No, no, no. These things happen all the time and it, and it will continue to happen uh, for your entire tenure in Jojo's Kitchen. But, you know, I'm sure our lovely listeners, the people listening now will support you. Uh, through the whole process and follow you your page and follow your journey as a gluten-free lady yeah i just um, yeah i hope so and that would be really lovely i know that lots of very talented people through social media who do cooking and baking and all those kinds of things and i just hope that i can um you know hold my own yeah no, of course well you're holding your own on this show and you also held your own mm on another podcast, Jojo V. Tell us more. So this week, the season two of a podcast called The High Premises Files mm-hmm. um, is starting and I am on episode one. Wow. So you might remember that we spoke about a documentary that was made that is now available on Amazon Prime to watch called The Sick Film. Yes. And the host of that, the lady who produced and hosted that documentary, Charlotte Howden, she has set up this podcast called The High Premises Files. Season one is there to listen to. What's it about? It's her, high premises. It's about high premises, but yes. she talks to women who've been through it. Yes. So that she talks about their individual experiences. Um, she also talked to a um, geneticist who's doing lots of research into, into high premises, what causes it, why it's happening, and they think they have a lead on it, which, you know, eventually down the line, probably not, you know, in my childbearing lifetime, yes. <laughs> but in future for future generations, there might be something in place that they can kind of stop it in its tracks. Yes, yes. So that you don't have to suffer through it. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what high premises 
is literally I mean, just listen back to our episode like yeah. we dedicate an entire episode to hyperemesis uh so please do listen back it's uh it's very detailed um on exactly what um i wouldn't even describe it as an illness it's a condition that i suffered through while i was pregnant it's extreme pregnancy sickness and nausea yeah it is not morning sickness Yes. Morning sickness is not even a thing. That's what I wanted to get the point across. Yeah, morning stuff. sickness is not even a thing. You either ha- you have pregnancy sickness or nausea, hmm. or you can have what I had, which is high premises. Yeah. Um, and so Charlotte talks to these women who have been through this, and um, she yeah like talks to as I said doctors and people doing research and all that kind of stuff. People involved in that whole world. Uh, um, and so she asked me to be on season two. Awesome. And I had the most cathartic conversation with her. Mm. And I it was just so nice to connect with somebody who has been through the same thing as me. And our experiences are very much the same. Yeah, yeah, of course. We went through very, very similar things. It's very strange, actually. It's really weird how similar our situations were. Um, and so it was really nice just because I... I've got friends who've kind of been through it, but their situations were slightly different or, you know, like they didn't have it as severely as me. Yeah. So to talk to Charlotte, who has, who went through horrific ordeal herself, um, it was really interesting to talk to her. And she wanted to talk to me about my decision or our decision to only have one child Mm. and to stop at that uh, because that's the same decision that she's made. So she wanted to just kind of talk about that. And, yeah. you know, there, there can be some stigma around that. And, oh, yeah, of course, especially you know, from our culture and our community. Exactly, for sure. exactly. And um, so, yeah, so we kind of went into all that, all my, went into real detail about my experience and then about what our journey has led us to in, in terms of making that decision just to have the one child. Yeah, no, it's really interesting stuff. I think with, with anyone that's um, a, a friend or family of someone that's going through this, uh, it's it's difficult to obviously be able to relate to it um, in that way or to offer words of support or words of um, help or encouragement um, when it's, it's something that's so far away from uh, our own experiences. And I think with these kind of things, it's so important and there's a much bigger comfort factor when you're talking to someone that's going through this or has gone through this um, yeah. same uh, condition um, and with the same experiences um, because it's, yeah, it can be very, very therapeutic um, and cathartic with their exact words. I think it's it's important uh, that we do talk about it because uh, up until obviously we had a child, we'd never even heard about this. Yeah, exactly. And um, since then, we've um, spoke about it at length on our shows to raise awareness amongst our community. Um, and through our podcast, we've heard about more people that had this, like similar conditions. Yeah, because um, none of my friends that did suffer from it actually told me that they had it. Yeah. And so, and, and when they did tell me about it, they were like, but we were never as bad as you. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. doesn't help. Okay, so for anyone who wants to listen to this show, where can they hear it and when? You can find it on all your usual podcast platforms. Mm-hmm. So wherever you listen to us, you'll be able to find the Hyperemesis files. Awesome. And season yeah, two, season two is kicking off this episode week with one. Me. I'm launching the season. It's really I know, bruv. You mean fourth <laughs> off the cuff? I know. Um, uh, but and and Charlotte listens to this podcast. So big Hi, Charlotte. up, Charlotte. Thank you so much for listening and supporting our show. We'll do the same, and we're doing the same for yours. Um, and you've got an amazing guest on your first show. So 
applaud to you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I really did enjoy it. I really did. Um, yeah, so please listen and listen back to season one. Yes. And just hear the story of these women. We need to be heard. No, absolutely. We um, survived something. Like we didn't just live through it or, you know, like, oh, it was a bit of nothing and we got over it. We survived something that could have killed us yeah. to produce a baby. And some women have done it multiple times. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And once was enough for me. <laughs> yeah. As it is for me, because I'm the luckiest man in the world. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so what else has been happening? Well, Riz MC has a new film that's currently doing the rounds in the, the festival circuit, but is officially launching on the 30th of October of October <laughs> this month. And it's called Mogul Mowgli, which is also like a name of one of the tunes. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Sweatshop Boys. It is. You know, but um, yeah, so uh, this has just been out this week in the, one of the London film festivals. Mm. And it's in Berlin as well. I think that's what it was the initial um, sort of like premiere as yeah. such. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hitting the end of this month. Um, and, and it's actually about um, him playing a rapper, uh, something of which he knows a lot about. Yeah. Um, but in this particular story, he falls ill and how his family cope with it and his own experiences with it kind of sums up the crux of the story. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to give too much away. Yeah, exactly. Um, we haven't seen it ourselves. No, fair. exactly. I'm surprised we weren't invited to all the premieres and all the... Actually, my brother, Ash Gadvi, mm. uh, got basically an online ticket to see this. What? Yes. Why doesn't he tell us anything? No, because what he did was he was like, oh, sorry, I'll be able to catch it later on in the day. Because, you know, it was like an, like an online film festival thing. And by the time he came up back to watch it later in the evening, it was only a slight, like a time slot that you can watch it in. So he completely missed the whole film. Isn't that just like going to the cinema where it's on for a time yes. and then you can't just turn up later because... Yes. Dickhead. This is the <laughs> This is the brother that works in the film industry. This is the brother who's currently got his film at a multitude of film festivals <laughs> around the world. He just doesn't know how they work. He doesn't know exactly, yeah. So how will this like, film festival thing work, lad? <laughs> <laughs> I wish he talked like that. I know. Um, but yeah, Mogul Mowgli, out at the end of this month. Make sure you all go out and support it. And something else you should all go out and support is a charitable organization called Sakoon Through Cancer, which is a charity that looks to give empathy, support, and a place of trust to patients and carers who have been affected by cancer. Now, their primary focus is mainly on the well being of the ethnic minority community where it's found there's a massive gap in personal support because of cultural beliefs and cultural taboos. Now, they're constantly looking for help, constantly looking for support. Uh, they're trying to hold an event in December called an evening of entertainment with laughs to basically raise money and offer help and support to carers of sufferers themselves. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're uh, an organization that's very similar to my friend Seema, who sadly passed away from cancer a number of years ago and she mm -hmm. had a charity called Canmates that was uh, set up basically to to help specifically the friends and family of sufferers because it's you know it's hard enough for the the individual that's you know got the disease but the family and the, the emotional and you know physical trauma that that encompasses and being around um, this is such a massive 
massively yeah. you know you know heartbreaking experience and where's the help and support for those people yeah. and so for her she was you know in a, in a position at the time of being able to raise awareness and, and setting up her charity literally just before she passed away which was really really sad um but it's great to see now there is more organizations that are thinking on the same mindset and the same uh, because there's so many people within our community that are suffering with cancer yeah some very close to home obviously as well yeah my mom had it um three years ago now yeah she went for her regular breast screening mm. and they saw something and it turned out to be cancer. They caught it very, very early. It was a very, very small tumour. Yeah. Um, and they acted on it very quickly. So she had an operation and she had radiotherapy. And it, but it was just such a massive shock. Yeah, of course. I, I found out at work and I was just a mess. Yeah. And uh, I knew that my mum was having follow-up tests. So I remember talking to my manager saying, oh, you know, I might get a call today. Mm. And he was like, fine, don't just, just let me know what you need from me and was really supportive and yeah. um and I cried mm. and then he sent me home and he was like you need to rest yeah. and I just was and I said to him I remember the words I said well my mom's the one who's not well yes and she's gone back to work she's gone from the, the hospital back to work she just rang me from work and we had a shop back then and uh and he was like it doesn't matter you need to go home and you need to you know process this you can't you're not staying at work and then he sent me home and and I think that that can be the case like it's so overwhelming sometimes and you don't want to seem like you are being weak for the person yeah, that yeah, you know is suffering and the person that you love you want to be the strong one for them but at the same time it hit me really hard and then I you know I cried and I took a day or two to kind of process and obviously it had you and your mum and dad like there for me and stuff and then we went up to Newcastle and and I was there for my mum yeah and you know and I and I did what I, I had to do for her and for the rest of the family which was be there through her you know with her through operation and all that stuff but it mm. does mentally take a toll on you no totally um and so if you can have support from people who understand as well yeah. I think that can be can be a major like I was saying about the high premises when you talk to somebody who gets it yes and can and can relate to you and can understand the words that you're saying yeah um it can make such a massive difference to you mentally because you know that you're being understood and validated and the way that you're feeling is not unusual or um not worthy or how all those other things those negative things that you think about yourself because you're feeling a certain way and you feel like you shouldn't be feeling that way because yeah. that somebody else is going through that suffering i think it's it's good to be able to let that out because it can eat away at you yes which is not healthy for you and then also not very helpful for the person who wants you to be there for them as well yeah exactly it's a very similar scenario to so many people across the UK, many people obviously within our own communities. And yeah, that, I think that that understanding um, is, is very, very important. And like I said, a cultural understanding is also just as important, especially mm. for a lot of people within our communities that may not necessarily have you know, a good grasp of English or being able to um, to speak to anyone outside of their circles. Uh, again, they could be feel very inhibited, like we spoke about with the mental health day last week, where, you know, the, the same scenario where there's a difficulty with people wanting to speak up about their issues with people that they can't relate to culturally. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And I think also there's, 
within our community there can be some embarrassment maybe of talking about certain types of cancer so yeah. things like breast cancer or um cervical cancer or prostate or testicular cancer those kinds of things that you know people don't like talking about those body parts yeah. and so then they get embarrassed about talking about illnesses to do with those body parts but those are the kinds of illnesses that can you know unfortunately they can be deadly yeah. and so we have to be able to talk about these things openly and without embarrassment because it could save someone's life yes exactly exactly so yeah absolutely make sure you go out and support sakun through cancer and you can find them on their website which is sakunthroughcancer.com s a k o n through cancer or one word .com they're trying to organize a, a charitable comedy night in december so make sure you go out and see if you can help and support that as well right well that is the end of this half of the native immigrants when we're back on the other side me and jojo b are going to be discussing our favorite asian foods this is like our favorite topic yeah this might just be <laughs> the longest show ever <laughs> see you on the other side people second half of the native immigrants i'm swami barakas and i'm jojo b i can't lie jojo b mm. I'm, I'm shaking a little bit right now with excitement yes um this is like i'm, I'm not even joking like we've we're now 70 plus episodes into this show yes and i've probably legitimately never been this happy or excited at any of our episodes on this particular topic we're about to discuss yes this topic is very dear to our hearts it means so much to us. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's been a source of much excitement. Yeah. And it's... And debate. And debate. Yeah. I think especially with us, because we're, we're foodies, you know. We we're can very say passionate about our food. Very passionate about our food. Uh, and now we've spoken on a previous show, episode 59, on the cultural appropriation of food. Yes. And we decided, you know, dissected it more seriously. This show is almost on the other end of that spectrum. We are joyously going to discuss our top five greatest South Asian dishes ever. That's top five each. Each, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, above. So you there's know, like 10 dishes here. Yeah, there is absolutely no way at all on God's green earth that you and I could agree on a top five between us. Yes. And um, and I'm pretty sure that those who are listening will also not agree with anything that we say because everyone has their own favourite. Yeah, that's the thing. I can almost imagine the dishes being thrown across the <laughs> living rooms and the, uh, the rufflings of newspapers on the commutes and, uh, you know, all kinds of violence and uprising taking place because of our lists yep. uh, and how deeply controversial they're going to be uh, you know when we talk about food it's something that's very linked to our culture the cuisines are very linked to us culturally mm. there's, a, there's a, a massive kind of celebratory element to it a massive coming together of family element to it so food is like 
the one of the strongest factors of our culture. And so there's going to be so many people that are going to have a real strong-hearted opinion about this. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is if we leave off your favorite dish, don't come shoot us. Yeah, because it can still be your favorite and we probably would still enjoy eating that food. Yes. As well, we enjoy eating a multitude of dishes. Yep. But these are the ones that you know hold a special place in our heart. It does, yeah. And I guess when we when we like, I'm telling you like my list was fairly painstaking. Uh there was so many uh different dishes I had to almost eliminate and I didn't want to because these are some of like my favorite dishes ever. Um uh, but to kind of get it to like a top like 5 I mean that's like some real that that needs like 20 to 30 judges sitting around me kind of going through it and shit. Yeah. I did it by myself. Yeah. I just picked what do I like my mom to make for me. That's mm. how that's how I did it. What is my mom's best dishes? And my mom makes everything amazing. She's the best cook on earth. But but these are my favorite dishes of hers. Okay, well, I, that's fair enough. I looked at it from a different perspective uh, because I love the food my mum makes, uh, mm-hmm. but my mum very much makes, you know, Gujarati-style cuisine. Yeah. But when I think of South South Asia as a whole, that's taken up a variety of different cuisines across the whole country, this or the, the whole subcontinent almost. This is very true. And so I've decided to look at things from all over the shop. Okay. Um, and, you know, some of the things that my mum doesn't make at home, but I can find it in your favorite local establishment instead. So, you know, I've been a little bit more kind of like worldly wise with my selections. And we don't necessarily disagree with each other on these lists either. Like fuck we don't. I'm sure in the course of this episode, there's going to be some arguments. Possibly, but also, I, you know, I'm sure we eat a lot of the similar similar food. Well, Well, okay, let's put this out there. I'm a vegetarian. So, uh, well, okay. So you are not. No. So, there's absolutely not going to be that that equation. Well, all the veg maybe dishes, one, maybe most one of or the two. veg dishes, with maybe some exceptions, I will eat because I have. I I'm a flexitarian. Okay, I have no, and I hate that term, but I have literally. Well, I'm just omnivorous. I like eating vegetables a lot, and I like eating meat occasionally. That's my life. That's the balance in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, I will happily. Eat the vegetarian dishes on your list, potentially. Well, well exactly. Potentially is, depends, and it depends. Yeah, well, this thing, this is what we're going to discuss. And we've got to put disclaimers out there right now. For everyone listening right now, this half of the show is going to make you very, very hungry. So make sure you either eaten or in the process of eating. You know, listen to us while enjoying some of your favorite cuisines. Get a snack, get some Monster Munch. Exactly. Something. We're currently sitting here. Get some Monster Munch. Wow. Get some Bombay mix. Get yes. some Jevra. Yes. Sorry, I'm just really addicted to Monster Munch at the moment. But um, yes, get something, some uh, Gartia or some... All the Gujaratis, man. We have the best snacks, in it? No. So give me a Punjabi kind of snack that you can just have quickly right now. Um... Goodbye, Jeju B. <laughs> she goes for the shot. Rejected! It's true. So this is another thing. You know, we're going to be talking about the the variances uh, of particular dishes between different regions within. But you not live on snacks, and we don't. Uh, Jabbies are hard farmers, so we have to like have like you know like sustenance. 
right. work in the fields and shit. So that's why our food is very like it's around the meal rather than like snacky stuff. Right. So if you if you if you're at a farmer like right now. Mm. Like on the, you know, shout out to all the farmers right now. It's a very hard time at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, currently in, in the fields in Jalandar. Yeah. And you've got your earphones <laughs> fields on. Fields in Jalandar, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you've got your earphones on listening to our podcast. Huh. And you want a little snack and stuff on the side. He doesn't have anything. Whereas if you were in Gujarat, he could easily go into his pocket, pull out a little bag of Bombay mix. And well, we eat Bombay mix. All right, well, Chevra then. Fair enough. But that, all that stuff's in the shops in... In India, in like in in India, in, in Punjab, India. <laughs> in Punjab, all that stuff is in the in the shops. So people eat that stuff. It's right. just not native to us. Well, exactly, we do it better, aren't it? No, you just you just said we do it better. <laughs> you lot do snacks. That's what I'm saying. We do snacks better. Yeah. Okay, but well, I carry on. Okay, I, I won. You know okay. what it is, Gujaratis. Right. Yeah, they do. They do snacks. Anyway, <laughs> right. So without further ado. Apologies if your dishes have been missed out. We still love them. And we might have some honorable mentions at the end if we want. Or we might discuss them as we're talking about them. But we've, we've rabbited on enough, Jojo V. Yeah. Let's discuss our top five greatest South Asian dishes ever. Is this an order or is it any particular order? Uh, right, any so particular order? I've, I think it's no particular order. Any particular order. <laughs> well, um, so the way I've done it is, and I think this this is how we're going to break it down. I think to make life easy for ourselves. Huh. I think we should have uh, four savory dishes. Hanji. And then one like dessert. Okay. And then we might have time. I mean, although do you know me? So. Yeah, you'd have like all five desserts and yeah. stuff. Um, but I'm trying to you know, maintain a non-diabetic household. Okay. Um, uh, and so we can, we can have, okay, because you love sweets so much, we'll have one like mitai right at the end, a small little mitai. So we can have, so it's five dishes, four savory, huh. one dessert, huh. and then you can have a piece of mitai at the end. Okay, fine. Take it. All right. So yeah, that's, that's a lot of consuming. Something um, to have with jada cup. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, you know, half cup. Cut, well, ek cutting chai and one of these things. Jala cup. Okay. Right. So, so I'm, I think the way I'll do it is I'm, I'm not going to do like a t- like top four, five, four, three, two, one, but I will put my favorite dish at the end. And for anyone who knows me, I think they pretty much already guess what this is. So, um, <laughs> it inspired the know. best birthday cake ever. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, you know, that's not too much of a surprise, but the other few might be. So, let's start off mm-hmm. with number. Five on your list, Jojo B. Oh, am I starting? Okay. Why not? All right then, fine. Number five on my list, and and this is not like ranked. This is just the first one. Yeah. Um, makki di roti with makkhan. Oh. Yes. Very Punjabi. So, yes, sag, delicious. I can't lie. Okay, so like what I w- I'd say what balak with me, you know, is is bhaji yeah. basically is what I say. is legitimately one of my favorite curries. Ever, ever, ever. It was one of the curries where I didn't even like eating any of the curries, but spinach got me into eating Indian food when I was young. So traditionally, Punjabi sag is made with mustard leaves. Yes, indeed, yes. And it, if you have had that in Punjab, mm. oh my God, it's so good. Yes. But spinach, Can not a bad, it, yeah, yeah exactly, not a bad substitute over exactly, here. Exactly, So I, I, won't, I won't disagree with you with that. I think sag. What do you think of maki roti? You know, okay, so the first time I ever tried this, uh, mm. because like I said, I've 
I've actually not been exposed to too much Punjabi cuisine over okay. over most of my adult life. I lived in Southall, yeah. and so like Auntie, I would uh, every now and then send like you know a little uh, daba of like chole or something. Or you know, I love okay. One of the things I love about Punjabi cuisine is that bundi with day and stuff. Oh yeah, my mom makes that amazing. Day with bundi in it. No onions. Know. No onions are needed in yeah, yogurt. Yeah, absolutely. Ever. Yeah. So no. I, I, yeah, I'm not uh, onions in that. I'm no. I'm no. Not a fan. My mom. She just puts yogurt, bundi, salt, garam masala. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah, Although indeed. she did like fancy stuff with you last time we went home. We yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Roasted jeera powder. Yeah, all man. This, like, all this masala in there. I was like, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I love that stuff. Um, so I wasn't exposed, I said, to too much Punjabi food, like in, on like on mass, basically, as I was kind of growing up in and around Southall. Hmm. So really, the first time I really had Punjabi food properly is like once we got together to be honest um and so the first time i ever had makki roti was at yours really yeah i've never had it before oh, wow. it's something that's never I'm, it's never really been on my radar damn so uh it was it's always one of those things where you know I, you'd see it gurdwaras and stuff i never had it when i was there the, the few times i visited it before we got married mm. um and so yeah the first time i had it was was there um it's a it's um it's definitely an acquired taste but i think it's something that only really works really really well with sag like because i tried had it buying itself with some other like like sabji or curry yeah. and it, it just it was just too heavy the two things together yes it is a very special pairing yeah sag and makki roti and it's very it's like a winter dish in india in mm. punjab because of the harvest and when things the crops are already and stuff um and it is makki the makki from india is a bit like this yata is very different because it's really soft. So right. the rotis actually come out quite soft. Here they're a little bit, it's a bit more coarse. So it comes out a little bit um, yeah, more crumbly, I guess. Mm. And so when I was growing up, I was like, no, that's not for me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, turn of events, I became gluten free. And and I didn't really have much choice for a little while before your mom introduced me to the world of gluten free yatas. Um, and so, yeah, I then decided that I had to acquire a taste for maki yata. And when I went to India, after I went gluten-free, my mom, my mommy makes the best food. My mommy... You just said your mom makes the best food. My, my mom and does, your mom makes the best my, food. No. Is it going to change after every single no, round? No, my mommy's cooking is amazing. And she introduced me to, like, proper desi makiri roti. Right. And it was delicious. And it was soft and it was thin and it was lovely. And then sag and makkhan is just melting like butter melting very slowly over it hmm. and, oh my god i'm drooling just thinking about it yes and indeed. It, we're coming up to that season where you know like around lordi and stuff where you have it and it's just delicious and i cannot wait to see my mommy again at some point yeah. to have her sag and makki roti because i don't know how to make sag you know i know having mom, having t- having tasted having not tasted it basically in that instance my mom just i keep asking her how to do it and she goes just ahakar and ohokar and then that's it done and i'm like mom this is these are not instructions <laughs> this is not <laughs> how it works noises. yeah exactly that's it and i'm like no that's not indian mom cooking instructions are the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> the absolute worst but this dish is the absolute best or one of uh yeah hard to disagree uh i would definitely agree with sag for sure um you know like i said spinach is like one of my favorite curries ever somehow didn't make my list which is uh, controversial for me personally 
I mean, we could just go and have like a list of subjects that we really like, vegetables that we really lo- like, yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, but that would just that would just be a whole show. Exactly in itself. Um, but yeah, but we're gonna focus. We're gonna we've crammed this down as as finely put as possible. Yeah. And so my first choice huh. in my top five, yeah, is a dish that. So my mom used to make this uh, when we were younger, mm-hmm. uh, and it was I didn't really know anything really uh, where it was from or which region of India, but mom used to make it, and so we used to eat it, and it was all absolutely great and tasty and like finely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Until we went to a restaurant. In I guess it would have been the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Actually, I lie. I actually had this in India. Mm-hmm. I had this in India back in nineteen eighty six, but I was too young to even think about it or even acknowledge it at the time. You were a baba. I was a baba exactly. But the first time I really had it properly was in the early nineties, and I was like, so this is the same thing Mum makes at home. <laughs> And it clearly, obviously, was two completely different things. As in, the execution was was the same, but the end result is very, very different. Um, because my mum would make it, um, and these are all tasted amazing, but they were a bit more soft and a bit more thick. What, are you going to tell us what it is? Oh, for fuck's sake. Let me get to it, you oh bastard. Oh, my God. This right, is the thing. Like, you know, you've got no build-up. You're just like, mine's is this, and I love it. What's yours? What's the point? Of, did oh, go on stop? then. Come on, carry on. Oh fuck off! <laughs> Build it up. So, so then I had it for the first time in a restaurant, and now the restaurant <laughs> we're laughing at um, was like it was a lot more thin, a lot more crispy, a lot bigger for God's sake, and it just—it was a whole different dish completely. And I was just like, man, this stuff is absolutely amazing. And it, it's safe to say that. My mum hardly ever made it thereafter um, since, I guess, the 90s. Because every time we want to have a real authentic uh, version of this dish, we can only have it at one of our local South Indian restaurants. Ah, clue. A clue indeed. It is a South Indian dish. uh, And it is, I guess, probably the most famous or at least one that's gone around the whole world mm. and um there's been appropriations of it of what the people call it outside of our culture with words like pancake and crispy pancake and stuff like that but i am talking about masala dosa oh, yum. masala dosa my days all right for these people who don't know it's like a very thin pancake. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's a yeah, very like it's 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 really big, and inside of it you have like almost like a potato and onion kind of a curry, I guess, a masala. Yeah, so it's based. It's like made out of rice, rice and lentil. Yeah, flour. Butter. butter yeah. yeah, and uh, it's yeah, really thin, and yeah. then it's filled with yeah. So potato. it's almost like it's almost like rolled in like a long kind of like cylindrical. Yeah, dish. and then uh, filled with like a dry potato yeah, curry, curry, I guess is the exactly, only way you could yeah, describe masala it. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and my God, it's like, it's divine. And it's one of those things where you can have so many different variations of this. Like you can have the, the dosa with all different types of fillings, um, you know, and as I've had so many in my time over like the 
30 odd years of eating masala dosas and had it at so many different establishments mm. um you know but it's 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 mad how like just down the road like where we live is a place called Saravana Bhavan and they honestly make one of the greatest masala dosas I've ever tasted yes and it's literally on our doorstep which yes. is which is just like it just blows my mind yes it's um, one of the best reasons for living here. <laughs> yeah, the only reason for Jojo B. Basically, obviously. yes. Um, but it's, yeah, masala dosa is, uh, like, it's it's one of those dishes that's like, again, it's, you know, it's a vegetarian dish, which mm. obviously steps right into my flavor. Um, and it is one of those dishes that's like, it, it, I, I very few people I know, and probably a, very few people listen to this, uh, don't like this dish. I had my first masala dosa with you. Wow, yeah, really? I'd never so had it before. So it's the same thing? No way. Yeah, I'd no never way. had it before. And then you introduced me to it. And I was like, mm, South Indian food? I don't know anything about it. Racist? Yeah, well, because my dad was always like, we don't like coconut food. <laughs> wow. You know, like coconut-y wow. flavoured stuff. Right. And so that was always in my head. And then I tried it and I was like, actually, no, I really do like that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Back off, dad. I'm good. And then, um, yeah, and I had my first masala dosa and it was delicious yeah and why you would ever go for any other flavor is beyond me because you do this you experiment sometimes i do yeah and i never do it's and it's not yeah and i think i've there's been hits and misses i guess with the different uh experimentations it's like tried and tested normal masala dosa with the with the thin crispy uh dosa rather than kind of like the um, you know, you get the, the triangle version of yeah, it no, and stuff, none, none and of you know, that. the Mysore dosa and all these it. kind of things. Nope. No, straight up, straight, normal masala dosa. And then you've got like the sambal on the side <sighs> and you've got like the different chutneys that you dip into it. My God, I'm like, I've, we've just, we've eaten literally in the last few hours. And like I've, the thought of it, and because I haven't been in, in a restaurant since like what, February or something. Yeah. It like uh, it wets the appetite literally like even more. Which you gonna to take one. away from there one it's day? Never the same, innit? No, it's not. It always goes soggy by the time you bring it home. Exactly. It has to be eaten there. Exactly. Off those metal trays. Yes. Oh. Masala, thank you so much. My mouth is genuinely yeah, it's um, yeah, it's divine, and so it, I'd like that's my first recommendation. That was a good choice. Yeah, you're welcome. Well done. Okay, so my second one. You're not really going to be able to join in the conversation with this. Mm, I see where this is going. Yeah. It is tandoori chicken. I love it. Mm. I love it. We used to have it on, it used to be like a Sunday thing. Mm. So like, as you would have a Sunday roast, which occasionally we used to have as well. This would be like Sundays, we would have tandoori chicken, sometimes Saturday night. Tandoori chicken, and then my mom would either make oven chips. What? Yeah. Or we would have like rice and stuff with it. Right. Um, and and you just like, you know, get your fingers messy and you'd eat the chicken and then it'd just be like all the my mom would make all these like lovely chutneys and things. And I just I really miss Zunduri chicken. Because we don't cook meat in our house. Yeah, we don't. So um that's it's one of the I don't miss a lot of cooking meat, but Zunduri chicken. Yeah, I know you're looking at me like, you've just gone straight in there. You didn't build it up like I did. No, no, there's a big difference between you and I. It's really good. And when I was really young, it used to be like bright red. Right, yeah. Because like if you used to buy the mixed powder stuff, it would just have loads of colouring in it. So just remember the chicken being bright red from when I was a child. 
<laughs> and then bright but red I, fingers at the I'm, end. Just looking at just looking at images of tandoori chicken and seeing it, um, you know, in restaurants, stuff, it is a bright red dish. Though. No, that's coloring. So what the it's meant to be a slightly kind of like a slight red to it from the. Um, it's called Kashmiri mirch, which is a bit like paprika. Okay. Um, so that it just has a little bit of redness and maybe some red chili if you use it. But um, then Indian restaurants started putting colouring in it to make it look more attractive. Mm. Um, but yeah, tandoori chicken. And when you go to a restaurant and you have it and it's cooked in a proper tandoor and so the meat is really juicy, but the outside is like all charred and like crispy. And oh my God, it's so good. Um, I, I take your word for it. Um, the, Anything I, cooked in a tandoor tastes good. Fish, prawns, mm, roti. Yes. It all tastes amazing when it goes into an oven that's like 300 degrees. Yes. And a man with asbestos hands and arms yeah, deals even, with it. Yeah, we're not even using utensils or tongs or anything. Man puts his whole hand in that like yeah. cauldron of fire. Please, no. I would never go anywhere near it myself. That and fry, like deep fat frying? Yeah. No, thank you. Mm. I can just see death. <laughs> yeah. so, Before um, your eyes. Yeah, exactly. So I would never do it, but I really enjoy it when someone else makes it for me and brings it to my table and I eat it. Right, well, so it's still sizzling hot. Yeah, and juicy the, the smoke's just kind of mm. flaming off the little grill. Yum. Um, right, so a lot of people listening to this will probably, well, depending on your opinion, mm. will be saying, why, oh, why have you picked tandoor chicken and not butter chicken? Because See, butter chicken is, I, I, you know, people say it's like the national dish of India. So obviously I'm not going to agree because I'm a vegetarian. Mm. But it is very much like the go-to dish Yes. for a lot of people within our community that eat meat. Okay, so you make butter chicken with tandoori Yeah, pieces chicken. of, yeah. yeah. Um, I've had, I love butter chicken, like I love it. Mm. But... I've had so I've had more bad ones than I've had good ones. Right, okay. Yeah. And so I find it really hit and miss. And you know me, I am not the type of person that likes over masala fried food. Mm-hmm. You don't just chuck in every single masala in your cupboard just for the sake of creating flavor. That's not yeah. how it works. And I don't like that. So um and that's what I find about butter chicken. It either tastes of too much or not enough. Yeah. And very few places get it just right. Yes, yes. When they do get it right, it's delicious. Yeah. But there's something just really lovely about eating some char-grilled meat. <laughs> it's del- that's why so many people go to Nando's. Mm. No, Nando's is not nowhere near as good as some as something like tandoori chicken from a proper place that has a tandoor. Right. There's nothing like it. But it's, yeah, it's just so delicious. And like and getting your hands in that. I know you hate the idea of yeah, I do totally. Yeah, but getting your hands in there and you animal. Oh, it's just so lush. Uh, okay. Uh, well, obviously, I'm not going to agree uh, at all. Um, but you know, there's millions of people worldwide that will be listening to this because that is our listenership, uh, and we'll be fully in uh, agreement. It's a really good alternative to like a whole roast. Mm. If you get like just a bunch of Chicken eggs and thighs. Don't forget the thighs is what I will say because the chicken thighs are the juicy succulent bit with all the taste and often cheaper than buying chicken legs or chicken breast or whatever. On the bone. You have to have it on the bone. Make it at home. You heard it here first on the Native Immigrants. Right. On to my next choice. So you've upped the ante from your side. 
I want to up the uncle from mine. Okay. Uh, when I, actually, this is quite apt because when I think of uncles, I think of, you know, the guys that kind of get together at their local kind of desi pub establishments, you know, around our areas, mm. around Wembley and Harrow and Kenton and Kingsbury and Queensbury and stuff. And they all like, you know, have a few pints and stuff and then have some of these, you know, Indian snack dishes yeah. that are mostly from these ends mm. derived from African cuisine. Yeah. So it's almost like an Indo-African style cuisine, yeah. uh, which is, I guess, something that I've always known about because my mom's from Kenya. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a lot of the dishes that she would be making were Gujarati, but they'd also have influences from the African side of things and yeah. specifically the Kenyan side, you mm -hmm. know, because these are very much Kenyan dishes. Yeah. And one of the biggest, I guess, uh, from that region that's translated to our culture and our community is mogo now mogo for those people who don't know and i've had a few people already messaging me when i said every, to everyone this is what we're doing for our show this week um i had one person actually say so what is mogo out of curiosity mogo is cassava which is a, a root vegetable it is and it's uh it's also derivative from south america as well uh, and southeast asia and southeast asia because in my household it is called obi mm. uh, because we have an Indonesian connection in my family. And so it was eaten by my family in Indonesia and we used to eat it in my house. Right. When nice. I was growing up. I'm, it, I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. But I could, I am, I'm assuming it would have been made very differently. Yes. So how, how would you guys make it? Uh, chopped up, deep fried mm. and then just like lemon chili salt okay so, okay so that's not too different that's that's pretty much how yeah. how we make them outside as well that's how we're, oh, garam masala sometimes. yeah exactly yeah. that's how like so i growing up around uh, our household that's how my mom used to make it It was almost made very similar to chips in a way yeah that's uh, what, it was like an alternative to chips. exactly yeah. yeah um and yeah it was like a bit of chili powder a bit of lemon uh, juice mix that all in perfect mm. uh but i think my favorite variety of it is is the masala spicy version of it that you get in so many of these establishments and yes. it's it's honestly like the the mix of the the chilies in there and mm. the, the tomatoey sauce that encompasses which is sometimes can be kind of indo-chinese almost in a way as well yeah it's a bit more it's a kind of like hacker meets africa africa yeah, yeah. via southeast south asia even yeah you know, so it's there's an amalgamation of of all these different cuisines brought together in this one dish, and it's it's just the texture. You know, the way you rip into a piece of morgo and stuff is very different from a potato. Yeah, uh, and it's still it's still got the crispy as aspect of it as well as having the masala on it. So it's like it's it's like a almost a, a, a dry wet kind of uh, you know sensation of. <laughs> A dry, wet sensation. <laughs> it was the first time you heard that being, uh, you know, droist. Droist, yeah. <laughs> it's a droist dish. Um, it's absolutely, like, wonderful. And, it is. Um, Again, I hadn't had chili mogo. Yeah. Until I met you. There you go. Yeah. So I've introduced you to so many of the greatest foods ever. Because I, mean, I already knew what mogo was or obi was, but mm. we just didn't make it in that way. Yeah. And there wasn't anywhere in Newcastle making that. Yeah. Um, and when I had it, I was like, oh, my days. Yeah. It's it's actually crazy how many people don't know about mogo. And I guess unless you're um, 
a riff from these areas, but also specifically on the region of cuisine, because I think it's it's one thing that's been very embraced by the the Gujarati uh, community. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess more than most within other parts of well, India. I guess it's like the East African connection, Indian community or Asian community. That yeah, that I suppose kind more than has, anything else, yes, has embraced it. I'm sure there's lots of yeah, yeah, it's us, yeah, specifically as well. Absolutely, yeah, a lot of absolutely East African. The the, the guys that came over from Kenya um, and Uganda and Tanzania mm. um, in in the early 70s and stuff. I think that this is what they brought over. Yeah, uh, and and now you look at all your favorite establishments around in most parts of the UK now. Um, Asian ones they will have one mogul dish on there for sure um yeah. so um yeah i absolutely wholeheartedly recommend mogul it's one of my favorite dishes and i can't wait to munch some uh as soon as I haven't possible i made it for ages have i we used to always nope. have some in the house there you go um Mogo also, if it's made badly, is so disappointing. If it's that weird, like overcooked, chewy, yeah, when and it you hurts can, it's your difficult mouth. to, yeah, when it's difficult to, like, you know, like when the root of it is like so hard to to crunch on yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's got to be cooked correctly. And I think that's the same with like most dishes, to be honest. Um, there's there's very few dishes that you that you can't get wrong then, almost in a way. With Mogo, that's not cooked properly. If it's overcooked, you it's like literally you just can't eat it <laughs> like yeah, it's not exactly. chewable yeah but we did have cassava when we were in brazil as well so yeah. it's very diverse diet, yes. like kind of versatile vegetable absolutely yum okay so are we moving on to my next dish hurry up jajibi okay fine um all right i'm gonna do a build-up here oh my god I'm first gonna time I'm gonna, try and I'm gonna try and build some tension here um so this dish if you are punjabi you know what Sunday brunch is, right? You this know. Program. No, 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 not the program. But you know, there's this idea of having Sunday brunch where you d- it's not quite breakfast, it's not quite lunch, it's somewhere in between and mm. it's very filling and you kind of like then digest it for the rest of the day hmm. until the evening, right? We had, I think we invented this. We invented the idea Ooh, of this. Controversy? Yeah, I think so. Because we've been doing this for many, many a year. Right. Yep. And um, yeah, up and down the country. I mean, in India, you probably get them. You probably have them a bit more often through the week. But here, it seems to be specifically like a weekend thing. Mm. Uh, and in our house, it was Sundays that we would have this. And it was something to really look forward to. My mom would get home from the shop at one o'clock. And she'd be like, Jyoti, make sure the tava's on. Mm. So come home, she wash her hands, get changed, whatever, wash her hands, and then get straight into the kitchen and start. Bless her. Yeah, I know. You and people. start just rolling out and creating the greatest bread of all time. Mm-hmm. The paratha. The paratha. Yes, indeed. And it's the greatest because it's so versatile and it has so many different options in terms of fillings. Mm. And it doesn't even have to be filled. Sometimes you can just mix things into the atta. Yes. And then like just make that, like roll it out and fry that. Or sometimes you kind of like, and sometimes my mom would make ones where she put stuff in the middle, she roll it out a bit and then put stuff in the middle and then fold it in and roll it out. And then sometimes when she felt really, really crazy, she would do like one roti, put stuff in it, like filling in it, and then put another roti on top. Oh my God. Like super heavy, super delicious. Those were like the really special. The indulgent days. Yeah, the really special ones. Um, 
And yeah, just the best. And then you have it with, you don't need anything extra special with this. You just need yogurt. Yep. With some salt and garam masala. And you need some achar, mm-hmm. pickle, and butter. That's it. That's yes. what I mean, Punjabi food without butter is... I mean, it's edible. Like you have to eat it. Like I have to eat it because that's how I do. I can't eat it you, with butter you, you, all the you time. You throw it against the, the no, no, wall. No. It's like it's what you eat day to day. Mm. But to make it special, you put the butter on it. Yeah, it's dirty. You know? And yeah, and yeah, <laughs> Bronte. Bronte. Yes. So yeah. So and I. And we're this close to being right at the very top. So very, very close to being at the very, yeah. very top of my list because. They are genuinely one of the best foods in the whole wide world. And it is one of those foods that has kind of, again, has gone around the whole world. Uh, Bronte specifically, uh, if we look at this as the South Asian subcontinent, there's, there's no region that don't have a version of it. Uh, I know we do. We call it more parota rather than Bronte. Um, same word, different pronunciation. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And it's made specifically exactly the same way. Um, and obviously we have things like teplas as well and sort of which are a little bit similar but without the stuffing and stuff within it so there's there's so many different ways of making these kind of flat like like not chapatis but like flatbreads flatbreads exactly baronta or baronte as you guys call it baronte uh, is like the the plural yeah exactly the, the, sing- the singular yeah. yeah would you only have the one though no i have two exactly so you'd have baronte Three, I, I tried three once and then I nearly died. You animal. Yeah, so two. I mean, but they two. they are yeah. It's it's one of, again one of those foods that you can have any time of the day, like any meal, and it's it is one of those foods that really has gone through the whole day because it can be eaten for breakfast, mm. it can be eaten for lunch, or it can be eaten for dinner. Dinner, you see, now you shouldn't have them for dinner because they're really quite heavy foods oh, and so they're hard up, to Jojo digest. Do you see the amount of no, food no, no, that we have? No, 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 but when I was growing up, we would never have had it past the afternoon. Right. It would never be like a late evening meal because it's just really heavy to digest in the evening. Mm. So it would be a morning or a kind of lunchtime thing. Um, but you wouldn't frown upon someone having bronte for their dinner? No, I wouldn't. But I'd just say, well, you might have difficulty sleeping. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Um, I think that's but, just the heavy meals in general. Yeah. Um, but um, but it is, it's primarily a dish, I guess, you would eat more for your breakfast or your lunch. When I went gluten-free, I was really scared I was never going to have a bronto again. Mm. And you know who saved me? Who's that? Your mom. Big up. Your the mom. saviour of the world. Saved me by giving me the right atta to be yeah. able to make these bronte. And I gave that atta to my mom. Yeah. And my mom made me the happiest woman. In the world. And you can find out about this atta, this flour uh, that's that's used for gluten-free cu- cuisine on Jojo B's new Insta page, at Jojo's Kitchen. Because God <laughs> knows she's never going to fucking promote it. No, so I, I might as well do it instead. This is the thing, you, because you. you're, a, you're a complete failure when it comes to those kind of things. What? But I'm here, once again, putting not only my podcast on my back, but clearly your Instagram page <laughs> as well. The load that I'm carrying on me the burden that I'm carrying on me is just like, yeah, I need like all kinds of medals and shit, man. But yes, I did do a whole post about this because I, I find that Punjabis don't know. I'm not going to go off on one about don't because but you can just, just go read, to your page, read what I've written on my page, exactly. And if you're, you know, gluten free and you're worried about having rotis and you're trying to make rotis a crappy after. 
just go and read what I've said. Yes, And exactly. listen to me because I'm right. Um, so Bronte, just the best. You know, I made some Bronte at the weekend. Because mm. Bronte don't have to be like fancy. You don't have to put loads of stuff in them. Obviously, God tier mm. Bronte. Aloo, yeah, the potato. Oh, it's so good with all the mirchan onions and the, oh and the masala so good mm. um and like uh i won't tell you my i won't <laughs> uh, tell you my nothing else no 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 i won't tell you my favorite one because it kind of links to something else that i'm gonna say okay, later cool. um but there's like muli and the one that nobody ever seems to know about but is literally one of the best things i've ever eaten is papita which is green papaya grated and put into a bronta with like chilies and onions and all that stuff that's nuts and it is the best and also green papaya is actually quite good for your stomach like if in terms of you've got a, a bit of a dodgy stomach or it's a bit kind of sensitive then yeah papita don't have it if you're pregnant no. you're not allowed green, you you're not allowed green papaya when you're pregnant but otherwise yeah delicious you've heard it here first the amount of exclusives that we're dropping on you people right now fam Bombs over all over the shop. And if anyone argues with me about Bronte, you're wrong. <laughs> right? That's it. There's other things that I will happily, you know, like discuss and argue. Bronte, no. Just don't. Don't come at me. Uh, at Jojo underscore B on all her <laughs> social media handles. Um, right. So my next choice, these are, honestly, the, the tension is brewing through the roof currently with, with these selections. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's one that... Um, Again, it's a it's a dish, and this, like I said, to whittle all these down to five was so, so difficult. And so this one was even one of those ones which is a bit touch and go, but I just, every time I thought about it in my head, I just like, I it just, it makes my, like, the the little, like, pause on my tongue just, like, dribble inside. And <laughs> everything just started like, dribbles in off the side of my cheek. He's pulling a really unattractive face. <laughs> Um, and this is a dish actually that my mum makes like awesomely mm. and, and, and like, I literally just had it like today. <laughs> that, that's how, you did. That's how, <laughs> that's how, uh, that's how much I love this dish. And my mum knows that I love the way she makes it. And so every time we come round, every other time we come round, she will guarantee to be making it for me. If it's not that, it's gobi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so gobi or fulkubi uh, is pretty much my favorite curry. Didn't even make this top five list. Yeah, that's how that's how like stringent I've been on my selections. Mm. They've been like the, the ultimate top of the top. Yeah, you know. Um, and so this there was a there was a toss up between two. For me for this particular choice oh okay the one that i was would have been my sixth choice right is gachori's now okay. gachori is a dish obviously that's um well i say obviously like everyone knows originated i guess in rajasthan are you sneaking an extra option in here i'm not I'm because otherwise saying, i would have said pakori yeah, well, yeah exactly yeah but that's <laughs> the thing the reason i didn't choose gachori and it's the same reason i didn't put like samosa on this list because these are these are like kind of obvious dishes that everyone loves yeah who doesn't love samosa like legitimately so i for a long time i don't what yeah but i do but i don't what i don't like is that because i hate peas with a passion like i am still so fucking finickety about it that i will pick individual peas out of my dish and my mom to get on my nerves used to put peas on peas right and so 
Un- yeah, honestly, like peas in the rice, peas in the in the subji. Like that's how she used to do it. Mm. And I used to pick them out just because I was like, you can try and get me to eat them. I'm not going to eat them. Well, no. And samosa always full of peas. So I used to open samosa up, pick out all the peas, and then eat- and it was such a faff that I started to hate samosa. But now, now, I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I don't need to put peas in anything, so I don't. Well done. You can vote and you can leave peas off dishes. Yeah. The two big, big factors of being an adult. Um, yeah, but okay, so the majority of people then listening to this will love a good samosa. Probably. And so I, I just feel that it's, it's to, to whittle it down on my best choices, it's, it's going to be something that's going to be on everybody's list. So is like, you know, one of these snacks like pakore, like you mentioned just there. Kachori, I put there in the same instance and stuff, you know, especially the Gujarati version of it with the... The, the golf ball. Yeah, exactly. I was um, like flat. Exactly, yeah. I've, I've seen the different varieties of it. Like there's other, there's in Dili, they kind of make it more like a chaat and stuff with kachori. And so it's, it's yeah, different ways of making it. My favorite is obviously the Gujarati because that's who I represent and that's mm. who I rep. But um, and, but it was it was a toss up, and I went for this other dish instead. Sure. And the reason is because one, my mum makes it amazingly. Two, I've legitimately in my life never had a bad version of it anywhere. Mm. And I've I've tried this dish in restaurants across here, across India, as well as I'm sure I tried it once in somewhere in the states, and it was just as great. Every single time. Okay. You know, so it's one of those dishes that you've really got to fail epically to get wrong, even in a small instance. <laughs> Jojo B. I've never so, made it. What yeah, are you no, about? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just mention your name. Make you know when I name. said earlier on that I have no confidence in myself? Why do you think that is? You, it's why? a dish. It's Listeners, a dish. tell me. Why do you it, think that is? It's a dish you've never made. So how can I even judge your version of it? Yeah, but you're so, just so judgy about everything. Your judgment in your voice is um, enough. Judgment is not no. I'm I'm a, a lover of great food. You're a very good cook. Make bamba. Am I though? Am I? <laughs> Do you really believe that? <laughs> anyway, carry on. Anyway, so stealing the thunder from my selection, Judge <laughs> V. My choice is bambaji. Mm. Baumbaji is almost like a, a mixed vegetable, I'd say a curry, but it's kind of like a good, more like a masala kind of dish. Yeah. And typically, you, it's got, I think the, the real, the, you talked about barote and, and, and the, the, the secret ingredient that just takes it over the edge when it comes to the, 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 del, the delicious delicacy that it is. Yeah. Um, and so the same with baumbaji, the indulgence in it is the butter. Now, the butter in baumbaji is what really takes it over the edge when it comes to how, like, immensely delicious this dish is. I've seen this being made on TV, like proper from Bombay, baumbaji. Yes. And the amount of butter my God. is the most amount of butter I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. As in, they, they you, can, you know, they pull out the, like, the normal... Like you know the 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 butter cube or the the kind of little packet things, yeah. Right? And it's like half the block that's been put into this dish. That's just for homemade dish. They they were like, they were like what we call a chucky of butter, like a, a thing of butter. Yeah. One after the other after the other because they're making it on yeah, a massive a big, scale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I was horrified, but also slightly aroused by the amount of <laughs> deliciousness exactly, yeah. that was going into it that. did tingle me in places that i didn't <laughs> tingle before um 
it's it's it, and then you and typically have it with like um sort of like rolls kind of like baps and stuff that are kind of cooked in the same way kind of you would on like a, a roti tawa kind yeah. of thing you know to to give it and they plus put some butter on there yeah and then you get this stuff and, and different people eat it different ways huh you know i i've um seen people i, I was younger i used to eat it almost like you'd eat like like rotlin shak like okay. so you'd have so you it dip so, the dip, yeah, yeah, in there, sort of eat it that way. And then a lot of people like scoop it up and sort of like put it on the bap and then eat it like a sort of like, um, how would you describe like it? Like an open sandwich? Yes, like okay. that, yeah. So cover the whole of the bread first. Yeah, and then just a eat chair. it like an open sandwich. I prefer to eat it uh, as as if I'm scooping some, put it a little bit on the bread and then eat it like that way. Huh. Um, which I which I prefer, but each of their own. Do I'm not here to judge. Eat it like a sandwich, I've never seen this, but do, I'm assuming it'd some be quite might. messy mm. because obviously it's like a, almost like a curry sandwich in a way. Yeah, and so this will just drizzle across the side and then fuck up all your clothes. Right. Okay. Um, but if that's important enough to you, uh, if not, and you've got no inhibitions, then fuck it. You know. But it's it's honestly, and I've I've had it like the best places for me to have it are like those little rekris. Mm. Now I've, I haven't I haven't had it in India on a rekri. I've had it in restaurants in India because I think having having it on a rekri, I'd probably be a writer for the rest of my holiday. To be I've fair. had very severe food poisoning in India and ended up in hospital and was like like I kind of passed out. Yeah, and then ended up in hospital. I didn't know where where I was or what was happening to me. Yeah, yeah. that kind of situation. I, I don't recommend it. Yeah, I guess I you know, it's, I've got I've, no, I've got a sensitive stomach at the best of times, so mm-hmm. like I, I I wouldn't be able to uh, you know even tempt that fate basically. Yeah, a little bit in hospital with like blood on the blanket. You don't want to be in that situation that I was in. Lovely, yeah. So yeah, just no. what I'm thinking about in an episode about food. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I have had it in Rekri's here in Ealing Road, Wembley, back in the day. Okay, and it, it honestly, it's just on a cold you know autumn winter's day. And stuff, walking around with a freshly made bambaji with baps that have just come straight off the thawa. My God. And then you chop up some raw onions on there, sprinkle a bit of lemon juice. Oh, my days. He loves it. I do actually really enjoy it. And your mum's is delicious. Yeah. Also, we had it at our wedding, at our yes. wedding reception, and didn't even get, um, literally, we didn't get a sniff of it because it was at this kind of like pre-reception reception bit yeah they'd when make everyone it in front turned of up you and stuff yeah yeah and everyone turned up at that point and they got fed a little bit and they mm. got given a drink and stuff we were just you know in the room I'm upstairs sure was... getting ready and so we didn't get offered anything no one came and said would you like some food that you've paid for yeah no no we were low in priority at our own wedding um and it's 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 all the more of a kick to the groin because like I was really pushing to get the the one of the bambaji as one of the kind of snacks in the yeah. you know in the sort of like the drinks and and you know yeah. pre engaged uh, pre engagement pre reception kind of time yeah um, and I didn't even get a chance to to try it myself. No, everyone just told us afterwards it was delicious. It was well, so nice. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks very much. Do you know what I mean? Turn up, eat, left. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> as most guests do at these kind of weddings. <laughs> Um, yeah, bambaji, uh, like honestly, one of the greatest South Asian dishes ever. I can't argue with that. Mm. It is very delicious. Yes. However, we do have some more that may be more delicious. Okay. Well, there's fighting words. I know. But before we get to like our number one, number ones. Okay. Yeah. I think we should like go to what is really my favorite course of any meal or just my favorite thing in life. In life. 
at any time over of day. our family and son and husband yeah because it's been there for me more than anyone else has ever been there <laughs> for the me. only thing that loves you back just as equally as you love it <laughs> well, i don't know if it loves me that much <laughs> But I love it. I mean, how, it's like, a really, really unhealthy relationship because I love it. It's unrequited love. Unhealthy being the operative word there. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, we gonna, we're going to take a, a brief sojourn. Sojourn. Yeah, we should, we should end our, our, like, you know, our choices with our favorite, favorite dish. With our number one, number one, isn't it? So, so what we're doing is we're kind of like, we're changing up in a way. So we're having this first. Before having the main course. It's a kind of like a Gujarati meal. Think of it that way. Screw you. <laughs> when they have their dessert, uh, the spoon of the dessert. Uh, and you know what? Okay, 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 listen, right? A spoon of dessert. Right. And so a spoon all my of Gujarati, All my Gujarati people that are listening right now, all right? Um, honestly, okay. Are we going to sit here and take this shit from this chick? Because like, all she does is poke holes at not only our culture, our language, now our cuisine. And no, after I love while, the food. It's just the way you eat it. The, the, oh, <laughs> it's just... I'm not racist. My husband's uh, Gujarati, right? As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> all right, the, the levels of uh, judgmentalism towards my culture <laughs> and my people from this woman, and I will say this woman... Because she doesn't represent my Punjabi friends and family. She's an entity of herself and a very prejudiced one at that. All I'm saying is you eat your sweet with your mane. That's it. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, it's unusual for me. You know what's unusual for me? What? Throwing a massive dob of butter all over your parote. And then, and then justifying it to me and saying, "Yeah, this is what uh, this is how we have it, and this is all lovely." How everyone has it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it no. Is. Healthy people that live long enough to mm-hmm. to can tell the tale do not. All right, fine. You didn't expect me to give up that easily, did you? No, you don't know what to say. I've got nothing to say. It's your turn to talk about it, isn't it? It's your turn to talk. Oh, is it my turn? Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> so before we get on to the um. Um, before we get on to the number one, number ones, as yes. I said, we're going to talk about my favorite course, the dessert. Mm. And my favorite dessert, I had to think really long and hard about this because I have many a dessert that I love and enjoy. Yes. But the one that makes brings back the fondest memories and makes me feel really warm inside and so happy is, uh, <laughs> it's when I say this to some people, they're like, what? And then other people 100% get what I'm talking about. When I say, Jalebiya and Kheer. It's a combination that some people do not understand. Me being one of them. But jalebi and kheer on like, you know, when you go to the Gurdwara and it's on your langar thal. I don't know that because I've never had it at the Gurdwara. But oh, okay. I'm assuming. So you, go to the lung, you go to the langar at the Gurdwara, you get your food and in your metal tray or your thal, uh, when, if you're really lucky, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do it when I was younger. They would give you some kheer and then there would be a jalebi and you could either put it to one side or you could put it inside the kheer. Oh, God. And I, me, my dad, we would always put it inside the kheer and it's literally one of the greatest things you will ever, ever, ever eat. May God have mercy on us all. It soul. is delicious. It is a sweet overload. Don't, I mean, just like, it? just jalebiya in general are unbelievable. And because I'm gluten-free now, there's not, I can't eat them. And I get really sad that I can't eat them mm. um, because the crispy, sweet, sugary, syrupy taste, you know, I can still remember it. 
going to Jalebi Junction in Southall. Mm. Oh God, just so good. And then you have it with the kheer, and it's so so, thing. so so good. Okay, so look, these are almost like two separate. Indian desserts. So they might be separate Indian desserts, but you bring them together to create a super dessert of colossal magnitude. See, I can I can almost imagine this, uh, you know, at uh, your local um, Sikh temple yeah. uh, across the UK. Yeah. And I think it's one of those dishes that almost sounds like it was made by accident. So you're, you're there with your dish and you're walking along uh, and, you know, the, the guys are serving the food to you as yeah. you're walking along. And... Because there's only so many of those little like compartments on the plate, huh. they just saw the, the someone put the key on there, and, and the guy right at the end had the jalebi, and he was like, well, "There's no space left on this tali to put put this. I'm just going to put it in the kir. And then, hey presto, a new form of this dish was all of a sudden. And created. that person was a genius who made my life a better place for a long time until I wasn't allowed to eat jalebi anymore. Yeah, yeah. It. So good. Mm. If you haven't tried it, you must. But it has to be like Indian kheer because it has to have that slightly cardamomy taste. Right. Um. It's. It doesn't really work with like. I mean, it can work with like ambrosia tins. <laughs> what, what's the point? But it's what not the is same. The point? It's not the same. Um. So you need to like have like homemade kheer, and then you, you just buy the jalebis. Who's got time to make jalebi at home? Just buy some jalebis, nice and warm. Warm, warm, lovely, lovely cup of tea on the side. Mm. You know, straight after your bronte, a little bit later when you need to have a cup of tea. You know, Bob's your uncle. Bob yeah, is my I, uncle. I, I, He's my chacha. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't. Uh, it, yeah, I it can't. Sound I don't get it. Though, does it? I don't if you've get never it. had it, it doesn't sound disgusting. It sounds it, intriguing. It sounds intriguing. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I can't envision because I enjoy kheer. I really enjoy jalebiya and jalebis. The thought of putting them together is not is it it makes my it makes my brain implode in and not in a good way either. But my mom, when she used to make kheer at home, if she knew we were going to mix it with something, she would make it less sweet. Right. So you can kind of balance it if you do it that way, mm. because sometimes, and this is like my dad who used to, and this is why my dad's diabetic now, I'm sure. But he used to like having, you know, prashad from the gurdwara. Yeah. So if we make it at home called kada yeah um halva basically um that with kheer oh my, my dad loves that my dad Jeez. loves it Jeez. and so my mom like used to make the kheer a bit less sweet because then she would make she'd have to make the halva or kada or prashad whatever you want to call it yeah. she would ha- she would have to make that sweet because it has to be um so yeah but jalebi and kheer is my favorite it's like honestly it's just it's Amazing. I know you, we could have had like, I could have had Ras Malai or whatever because I love that as well. But no, Jalebi and Kheer. Oh my God. Yeah, the, the thought, you know, I can feel like the, you know, when, when the sugar hits your teeth and they just start tingling and then you have to like go and brush them like ASAP. I'm having that kind of feeling just thinking about this. Because you know what? The thing is, right? So I love Indian food. I love Indian cuisine. South Asian cuisine all over. You know, I, I, I'm happy to eat Pakistani dishes, Bangladeshi dishes. Sri Lankan dishes, as long as they're vegetarian, obviously, for all of them. But the one thing I really, I still, I'm not fully, like, grasped with is desserts and Indian desserts. I'm not a massive fan of Indian desserts. <gasps> you I'm, are wrong. I'm not, I'm just, yeah, I, for me, some of them are way too sweet. Some of them can be uh, way too milky, like Ras Malai and stuff. I don't like the How texture of it. 
Um, I'm not a massive fan of the, of the texture. Um, I love jalebi. Uh, you know, I love kheer, right? Mm. But, you know, like where there's like a plethora of people that love loads of different Indian sweets and desserts. Like me, yes. I'm I'm not that guy, you know. I I very much have a very uh, limited palette of what I really like from our desserts, from our communities and cultures. But the ones they do really well are brilliant. Mm-hmm. And for me, the most brilliant. And I guess it's something that, that I feel a lot of people will also have on their list when they talk about this. Yeah. Is gulab jamun. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it's, again, one of those things where you can eat it like when it's cold. You can eat it when it's slightly warm. You can mm-hmm. eat it when it's hot. Huh? All three of them don't change the tasting experience, to be fair. Mm-hmm. When it's warm with a little bit of vanilla ice cream. Mwah. Yes. You know, uh, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, one of the few Indian sweets, which are like, or desserts that I can eat at the end of like a five course meal at a restaurant or like a 20 course uh, wedding reception food where you've just about got enough space at the end of it after having all your snacks and main courses and roti and rice and dal and everything. And you're just like, right, that's it. I can't have anything else. But you've got just enough space for this whole little fried bowl of goodness with all the syrup and juiciness. See, like now, gulab jamun in my head is one of the sweetest desserts that you can have. Mm. And and so I wonder about... But you know logic. why? But it's, I'll tell you why it's okay for me. Because I'll have it alongside my savoury as a Gujarati. <laughs> so you don't feel the sugary sensation overtaking your whole persona. Oh, you know, um, it balances itself out in the right way. So the savory is not too savory because you got that sweet kick on there. And the sweet, oh my God, it's not too sweet because you got the savory to help mix it. But you just lose the Logic. flavor. This is why I don't, because I, I, I love the flavor of sweet things. And so you just lose it amongst all of the other flavors nope. that you're enjoying. But uh, gulab jamun is one of those things that I I do miss because I, I they have wheat in them. So I can't That's have the reason them. you spite me for everything, isn't it? Because no. all the stuff that I'm, I've, I've said so far, you can hardly eat anyway. And so you just say, no, that's shit. That's fucking rubbish. No, like I do, I've not seen a gluten-free version of it anywhere. And I've not attempted to make one because I'm scared of frying. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have not had a gulab jamun for probably eight or nine years. Eight or nine years. Wow. And I do on occasion miss them. But it's not one of those things that I think about. Like Jalibia, I think about. I don't think about gulab jamun. Mm, Okay. Okay. I think I I, I mean, I have lived without them for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd be all right. Yeah. No, like I said, I'm I'm Indian sweets and and desserts and stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, I could have just as easily swapped this part of the show out and had another savory dish because I've got another 500 I could potentially add to this list. I mean, Let's just say that South Asian cuisine mm-hmm. is one of the greatest on earth. Oh my god, the greatest! I mean, I mean, there's a lot about our communities and our culture that we've spoken about for seventy plus episodes on what needs to be eradicated and what needs to be thrown out, and how we all need to progress as a collective community by taking out some of the things that hold us backwards mm. within our community with the taboos and those topics and those issues. Mm. 
the cuisine is one thing or the biggest thing which is something that we can be so hugely and immensely proud of and we mustn't forget we mustn't forget the traditional dishes yes exactly these are things that we should and like i said our moms are really shit at passing down recipes yeah because they're like well you should just know you've been in the kitchen with us like five times so you should know how to do it and that's not obviously how our brains work these days. We're used to reading recipes and things. Yeah. Now my mum's got a masala recipe. She just wouldn't give it to me. And finally, because I've been, it took me eight months to go and see her and I was running out of masala. I was eking out the masala until I could go and see Jeez. her. So she was like, right, I'm going to show you. And so I made her, she'd be like, ah, oh, just a handful of this and, and a, you know, and a little pinch of that. And I was like, no, here are some, I bought her scales. <laughs> and I said, here are scales. You, How much you want to put on there, you tell me. I'm going to write down the exact amounts of everything. Yeah. So we need to like preserve these recipes. We need to have Uphold them handed the traditions. down. Yeah, Absolutely. Because yeah, otherwise next certain generation. things will just disappear. Exactly. Exactly. And we, we, you know, we could talk about our favorite sweet. We did mention at the start of the show, uh, or this half of the show, that we were going to add a sweet on there as well. You know, I'd, I'd probably put like a chocolate burfi maybe... I'm very specific about my Matai. Okay. Very specific. Okay. So my uh, like ultimate favorite Matai, in this country anyway, mm. um, is the green pistachio barfi from Ambala. Okay. Wow. Specifically okay. Very specific. Wow. 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 <laughs> and I'm not sponsored by Ambala in any way. That's literally just my favorite-ist. Although if they want to send us some free Matai, please I would do. absolutely love that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's my favorite. Wow. And when I was younger, I used to say, when we get mar- when I get married, mm. I'm going to give out boxes. Because people always say, Ladu. Yes. And I was like, Ladu is a waste of time. Right? So nobody wants to eat that. So I'm going to give out green barfi. I used okay. to say, Mom, I'm going to have green barfi. I'm going to have boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of it. I'm going to give it out to everybody. Right. Mom was like, all right, fine, 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 fine. We, right. Fast forward to the time when I'm actually getting married. I was like, mom, can I have this green butterfly? I was still adamant and actually kind of worked with the theme of our wedding. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Had a peacock, peacock theme. theme. Exactly, yeah. So green butterfly really would well. have worked really well. No. Mom was like, no, we're going to get flapjack. What? Yeah. We gave out flapjack. Your family had loads of it. It actually tasted really good, but it was just boxes of flapjack. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, Matai's so done. We're not going to do Matai. Flapjack, like Indian flavored flapjack. I was like, "What's the point say, of it?" Yeah, is it ones you can just get from like Morrison's and shit? Morrison's flapjack. No, it was like proper, you know, made, and it looked a bit like barfi, and it was cut into pieces, and it, it was, was very delicious. But it was flapjack. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, when I say that our our wedding was not about me in any way, <laughs> shape, or form, <laughs> it was a hundred percent not about me. Oh man! And I was like, "Is it gluten free?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to chance to eat it anyway, so it doesn't even matter if it is or it's not. It's not to for be fair. you, is it? It's not for you. Oh dear! None of this dearie, is about you. Dear me. Anyway, let it go, Jyoti. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's only been six years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's um, that was a uh, very, very tragic. Um, but we will more than make up for it by going to Umbala and, and making sure that we've got an ample amount every time we want to bring some Mitai home. My favorite. Can I just say my favorite barfi in India? Okay. It's from very specifically a shop. And I think it's lot of specifics when it comes specific, to Mithai, yeah. isn't it? For God's it's, sake. It's called, Wish I'd um, never asked. Bengal Sweet Centre is, I think, the right name for it. And it's in Hasharpur in Punjab. It and it's delicious. It's so good. 
So if you're ever there, and if it's still open, because it's been a long time since I've been to India. Uh, and plus, we've got a massive contingent of listeners from that region uh, specifically. So, you know, whoop, whoop, please, please do pop down uh, and save us some uh, and keep some ready for us for the next time we pop down there. Bengalis make great mithai. I, I, I think mithai is, again, one of those things where the whole of our subcontinent, everyone has their own different variances of different, you know, sweets that they make. And they're all just like equally as divine. So, you know, again, something that our communities can be very, very proud of. But we've rabbited it on enough now, Jaja B. We're have on... we though? Have we? Could we ever talk enough about this food? I mean, it's just an hour <laughs> on this half of the show <laughs> talking about food. More than our, like most of our entire episodes. But when we boil it all down, huh. when we rattle through the lists and lists and lists of foods, hmm. When we argue and fuss and fight in courts with juries and lawyers and an umpteen number of people, hmm. it still all has to boil down to one. How do we choose? One food to rule them all. I'm so... I'm, this is such a hard decision. It's so difficult. I mean... Because it could be any number of things. It could be any number of things. I think my retort to that is very much speak for yourself. Oh yes. But um, but it is true though. As in, we're talking about foods from all the regions mm. of our subcontinent. Like we've not we've not we're not gone for something Gujarati, something Punjabi specifically. It could be anything from the entire subcontinent. Yes. Of which there are a trillion different versions of so many different d- dishes. Mine have mostly been Punjabi, but yes, okay. <laughs> because you're racist. We've already deduced no, this. No, I love but, food from everywhere. Okay, shut up. So, here we are. Huh? Our number one favorite South Asian dishes. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Because of this, like it's been a very, very hard decision. But I thought about what is the one thing that when someone says to me, what do you, what do you want? Or when my mom says to me, what do you want me to make? Mm. Right? What do you want when you come here? Yeah. And the one thing I always say to her is this dish. Right. And it can be used just, it can, you can have it just as that, as that dish. Mm. And then you can actually, this is a big clue. Put it inside the aforementioned bronte. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, oh, so delicious. Mm-hmm. So good. And actually, probably various parts of India have their own versions of this as well. Right? This yeah. Dish. Um, it is, I'm thinking about it now and I'm really sad that I can't have any right now. Mm. It is delicious and just, yeah, I'm just going to say it. I don't know how else to build it up other than I picked gima, mm. lamb gima specifically. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Going into the specifics. Yeah. And um, it is, it has always been my favorite dish. Mm. It was the one dish that my mom wouldn't put peas in. <laughs> I think that's probably the reason why it is your favorite dish because it, it was almost a, a, a case of like no, process of elimination. Because it's Everything else have- has got peas. This one hasn't. This is my favorite dish. No, no, no. It was meant to, but she knew how much I loved it. So she wouldn't for me. 
Right. That's the only one that she wouldn't put peas in. Right, right. Whereas everything else that I used to love, she would, I mean, like, there's so many subsidies that I used to, like, my mum used to make and I just hated them because they had peas in them. When I tried them without peas, I thought they were delicious. But Gima was always this thing. She knew how much I loved it. Yes. And she still knows how much I love it. And Gima Vale Bronte are the best. They are the best. They are the best. Don't look at me like that. I know mm. you're vegetarian. I don't care. They are the best. Um, and gima is as a dish, so lovely with roti, with rice. Doesn't matter. It's all just scrumptious and it's yummy. I mean, you could literally replace the word gima with alu for everything you've just said there, <laughs> and it, it would it would basically make make the same uh, same end conclusion. To be fair. Uh, Kima, okay. Like I said, I'm a vegetarian. I can't agree, but there are. I did are... actually make a veggie version with corn mince once. Yeah, and yeah. it was really nice. Mm. It's all about the flavor, then, isn't it? It's all about imbuing the the dish with some flavor, right? But you just I still miss that lamby flavor from it. But you know, all the other spices are in there, and it came out all right. It wasn't too bad. Oh, I know, but it tastes so good. Yeah. It made it. It made it a, a a wonderful sacrifice. Oh God! And if you were to, you know, analyze this in a deep, kind of meaningful way, right? My genetics show via ancestry DNA. Oh, that old chestnut yeah, again. Which recently got update and became even more vague. That I am, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very mo like I'm from that region. I'm from that kind of northwest region right. of Punjab, Pakistan, Afghanistan. That's where my genes mostly come from. Right, and that's where this dish kind of originates from. It's they think it might be Persian. It could be Afghani in origin, right. and that's basically what my origins are. So, okay, so Kima flows through your veins. Basically, yeah. Flows through your DNA. It's in my genetics to love this. Wow. So could you say you were a potential lamb in your previous life? Maybe. Wow. You heard it here first, JJV. Maybe we should do that DNA test again. It might give us some, <laughs> some more uh, interesting results. You um, tell me I'm a sheep, really. What? No. <laughs> What is this can weird surrealism that we've descended imagine? into? Can you imagine? Can you? This is what food sheep. does. This is what food does to us. It it, it uh, sets our mind off in some very spectacular ways. Yes, Gima, delicious. All right. Well, I will. Like I said, I'll take your word for it. And always champion vegetarianism from my side for sure. Save the planet. But my favorite dish. I mean, like I could, I could sit here and I could build it up, uh, uh, and be, from the surprise and the tense uh, aspect of having to <laughs> whittle this down and having to really think about it uh, at length. There's, there's only a few decisions in my life that weren't like something that I had to dwell on too much. Yeah, you don't make a decision very easily, do you? No, I don't. Mm. And so there's very few of those in my life where things are just instantly in my mind. Huh. One is probably my love of wrestling. Okay. And two is my love of this dish. 
No love for me or your son. Okay, fine. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, yes. had, I had to think about that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> For you a really long time. did, honestly. Listen to our wedding episode oh, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll hear all about that. But we digress. My number one pick is, of course, Baneer. <laughs> Baneer, I've had a, like, I can't even say a tumultuous relationship. It's been orgasmic. It's been like all the sensations that flow through my aura have been linked to my love of Baneer. Baneer, Baneer, Baneer. Oh, Baneer. Like, okay, so as a child, I had Baneer a couple of times. Uh, and that was again through like Punjabi Antia and stuff and some functions. And, you didn't and make that. it at home? No, we did not. Oh. It's, it, it's not really... Baneer's never really been on the Gujarati radar. Really? Nope. Wow. Again, it's a th- it's a you know it's I I, th- I find it more being a North Indian stroke Punjabi dish more yes. than anything else. And I hated it because my mom only ever made mutter paneer, and so that's what I thought mm. it was. Yeah, yeah. that's so all we I, made at home, and I just thought, well, paneer comes with peas. No thanks. Yeah, yeah. No. I, so I, okay, so I can imagine um, having mutter paneer maybe I guess a couple of times when I was, but it, you know, it was really weird. I don't know how you guys made it in in your neck of the woods. Ours was like. Uh, from the auntie I used to bring around, like 96% peas. Yes. And then a few little cubes of paneer kind of dotted around in yeah, there. Yeah, because these things weren't easy to come by. And so people used yeah. to like eke out the amount <laughs> yeah. you could make. You know, you have to feed a whole family yes. with one block of paneer. Yes, indeed. So you used to fill it with peas. And my mom used to make it with a thuddy. And yeah, I know you hate thuddy. Thuddy is like a very thin kind of like uh, broth type consistency and which would then again because we didn't have much money it would like it would just spread the food out a little bit longer and uh, but also thuddy is delicious but not when it has peas in no uh no so but you know i can i can eat a mutter paneer happy to eat it more than happy to eat it but i guess my real love for this as in like the the deep like unrequited love that i've had for this dish for a number of years now is when it got introduced to uh, an Indo-Chinese style cuisine. I guess more, I guess it's called Hakka, mm. you know, where they or Sichuan and stuff where they use these sauces to create the masala around it, add loads of chilies to it, spring onions, peppers. And it <laughs> you resulted see his in face right dish. now. My he looks so sweet on. lord, my sweet lord. Chili paneer uh, first entered my life, I guess, uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, so, it, you know, I was, you know, I was already in my sort of almost mid-20s by that point, or sort of early 20s by that point. And the first time I ever had this dish, I think it was an, a restaurant in Ealing Road, Wembley. Okay. Of all places. I remember it so vividly and so well. You can, you can hear like his my, mouth is watering, mouth watering. Um, <laughs> just thinking about it and it, I was like my god and it, there's very few times in, in my life where you're just like this is probably the greatest thing I've ever tasted and every time I have it and and it's been 
and I, I can't I can't even put a number to it basically you know like trillions since mm-hmm. then that's not even an exaggeration no it's really not that's an actual number yeah it's one of those dishes which like will never fail to grab my like whole being yes whenever it's on the menu he will order it and we've had many a version that's been shit and you still you there, still liked it i will never i you know Again, it's another dish where you've got to really, really epically, epically fail. And as in, I'm talking like, why you have you even got a restaurant and who allowed this to happen, you know, to make to get this wrong? But you like, oh, I don't know. See, I'm not a fan of, as I've said earlier, chucking every masala into the dish and then thinking that that's that. And then literally everything tastes the same. But you are a fan of that. I will, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, right? Baneer, like, like she could cheat on me. She could love other people. She could, you know. Only Chris Hemsworth. This is only going to happen with Chris Hemsworth. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. herself up in different ways. Um, she could go out of my life for a number of months. Um, I, it could be ages since I've seen her. And then she'll re-enter my life. Are you talking about Baneer, not me? And every about time, she's a woman. Every time Baneer enters my life, like my heart legitimately skips a beat it it's honestly the greatest and it is an invention this is not this is not something you can grow off a tree this is not something that you can um you know root up from underneath the ground no this is an invention and as far as food goes it's the greatest invention ever created it's really simple as well it's just milk with some lemon juice in it yes to make this what is, I guess, an Indian cheese. Yeah. The greatest cheese of all time as well. It's 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 insane. It it ticks all the right boxes. It's very versatile paneer. I do I do enjoy paneer. I mean, you can have it like a chili paneer. Mm-hmm. You can have a paneer karai dish. So it's almost like a, a lovely curry. Mm. You can have a paneer butter masala oh version, which yeah. equivalent to the chicken tikka masala, uh, butter masala almost. You can have it in a burji style, so it's crumbly. I have made that. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. You can have it in a masala dosa. All those things I've spoken about before. You can have a samosa with paneer inside them. You can have like... You can have bronte with paneer in, which is just death on a plate. But yeah, yeah you can. Exactly. You can probably even have a dessert with paneer in it. Rasmalai. That's what that which is. Which is, in, in essence, is, is yeah, it's the curds, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so that is, in essence, paneer. Paneer is... Not just the greatest South Asian cuisine ever. It is the greatest food <laughs> ever. And you will know you won't hear a bigger proponent of it than me. It honestly, and if and it's it's not a secret. If you see images of me before I eat veneer to how I've looked after I've eaten veneer, there mm. is a massive significant change in my BMI, and it's one of those things where, like, I, I, because I will continue to eat this all the time, not too much. Obviously, now I'm getting older. I have to, you know, I have to look forward to these indulgences. Otherwise, you just get too used to something. You know, you just love it a little bit less, mm. but still, you know, adore it. Um, but it's just, oh my god, I can't even. He loves it so much that for his birthday. I organized and 
let me just set the scene here. I organized a cake for him whilst I was sitting on a holiday that I had paid for him mm. in Santorini in a five-star hotel. Yeah. I was texting whilst looking out into the beautiful bay. Yes. Texting uh, a friend of ours who's, who makes amazing cakes and said, do you think that you can make a cake that looks like chili paneer? She's like, leave it with me. I, we came back. We cut a cake with the family. But it was sitting on the table. People yeah. were walking past it. Walking past it. Walking past it. I remember <laughs> when people, there were times where people could get together. So people were walking past it. No one clocked that this cake was actually a cake. Yeah. They thought it was a bowl of chili paneer. Yep. Even you did. Even I did. I was uh, like astonished. Um, because when it when it was presented to me, I was like, "Oh, okay, you got me some paneer." And I'm knowing me, like I'm just like, "That's fucking amazing!" Because that's exactly what I want. It's quite for my a large. Birthday. It would have been a quite a large bowl of paneer, which would have been which would have been even greater. But this was an actual cake. You sliced it open, and it's a chocolate cake on the inside. Yeah, uh, I've shared this image on my social media, so I'll, I'll share it again uh, on the run up to this episode. This coming out. And yeah, you'll see it firsthand. Cavs Cupcake Stall. Make sure you go out and check out stuff for your own paneer influenced cake. Can I just say that for all the shit that I take from this man, I'm literally, I'm the greatest wife. 40th birthday in Santorini mm. with a wife who's pregnant and very not very well at the time. <laughs> I took you to Santorini and then I got you the best cake ever. I very much appreciate it. I hugely, hugely appreciate it. What I don't appreciate is me talking about my favorite food and you turning around and making it about you. I will always do that. Um, <sighs> but enjoy the thoughts of Benir. Because his face looks so happy when he's talking about it. The thing is, you know, because I like, I, you know, I try not to have it so much because I don't want to, you know, make it, or turn it into something that's not uh, special. special. Yeah, it is a special dish for me. And it's, it's a, something for a special occasion almost as well, you know. So I look forward to having it. If I have it every day, there's not that anticipation. You know, it, this is something that legitimately whets the appetite. And so I will always be uh, like a, a lover of Baneer, an aficionado of Baneer, a connoisseur of Baneer. I've tasted it. so many different varieties and variances of it across the whole of the UK. Have you had it on pizza? I have had it on pizza. Oh, that's dirty. Uh, uh, and shout to uh, Super Sings uh, for making that happen for me. Um, absolutely love it. Uh, and, and and you know like like you know having different types of paneer in a curry is great. I guess the closest cheese to it would be somewhere like a halloumi. Um, halloumi without the salt. Without the salt, exactly. Um, so I want to shout out my bro uh, Mo of the Garden of India who created a halloumi curry dish named after me, mm. called the Barracuda G. So if you're in Harlow, go to uh, the greatest Indian restaurant in the whole of Essex, the Garden of India, and ask for the Barracuda G, because it is a, a halloumi curry dish that's named after me. It is delicious. It is absolutely divine. But chili paneer, paneer in general, the greatest. Mic drop. Chili paneer, nice, yeah, good. Good for you. Ima. Well, this, like, for our listeners, let us know what you think. 
do you agree with Jojo B in that Gima is the greatest Indian or Asian dish ever? Or are you on my side of the fence when you think Baneer is the goat? You know that people are just going to be like, oh, I love Baneer. Or they're going to be like, no, but my dish is better. And it'd be like a random dish. Mm. So no one's going to agree. No, it can only be one I of know, the two. I know no one's going to agree. But you know what? I don't care. I stand by my decision. I love Gima. No, you don't. Love it. I, I'm, I, you're wholeheartedly entitled to this. But you are wrong. No, I'm not wrong. I'm not. But you are. But you are. Give me a pronte. That's what you have to think about. Give me a pronte. You know, when you slice up into a, a little cube of paneer and there's like the chilies and, and the fusion it creates on your tongue with the peppers and the onions and the. You'll offend all of the. Um, oh, or both will anyway with the, all the vegans. Sorry. There's probably not yeah, much no vegan, vegan no, yeah, no, options, no vegans, but, um, no vegan options here. I'm afraid. Stars. Uh, we can do a separate vegan show if you like, but I'm not sure how many people listen to it. Um, yeah, tofu in it, tofu all the way. Tofu all the way, tofu paneer, to- uh, tofu chili tofu, even though. But anyway, thank you to everyone that's listened on this epic voyage, a journey. It's a two-hour show. No. It's a two-hour show, is which it? is one of our longest shows ever. Oh, my word. And an hour and a half of that is us talking about our favorite foods. So if you've actually managed to stay this long on this show, I honestly Imagine I if you stayed you. this long and you're really disappointed by all of our choices. Yeah, and you were just yeah, hoping exactly. that it would get better and better. And you just ended it like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you're like, people would be like, well, where's biryani? You know, biryani is a delicious thing, but we never made it at home. Yeah, I love a biryani. Just didn't make my top five. You know, I love a good, um, like, like I said, samosa, gachoris, bhel puri, sev puris, alu tikkiya, you know, chole bature, rajma chawal. We never made rajma because my dad doesn't like it. So we didn't eat rajma. Loads of people love it. Chole, I've never been a fan of chole. That much. I make it. I make it good as well, but I don't. I'm not a massive fan. No, yeah, no. But loads of people do. Alu gobi would have been potentially on there. Yeah. Dals. People love dals. You know, curries like this. Honestly, there's so much that we could have put, and so much would have been your top choices. I can wholeheartedly Bengen. imagine. Oh my god, aubergines, aubergines, aubergines. Unbelievable, unbelievable vegetable. I mean, I've I've pretty much made my feelings known um, a lot on social media on my thoughts on aubergines, and I don't want to end this show on a sour note, so I won't. They only made it into my into my list. Um, aubergines. Right. Well, that is it from this colossal episode of the Native Immigrants. We'll be back next week for more of the same. I am Swami Barakas. You're speaking so slowly, like you know, like when <laughs> when you've eaten too much and you can't, you just can't. Yes, you can't I'm do about it to anymore. Undo the top button on my jeans. <laughs> you just can't handle much. life anymore. You can't speak anymore because it's so full. That's how we feel just talking about this food. Yeah. Um, Hanji, thank you very much for listening. It's been a fun voyage through our food. I'm Swami Barakas, and I'm Jojo B, and Paneer is the greatest. See ya. See ya.